This episode of the Trek Geeks podcast is brought to you by the Trek Geek Shop. Now you can help support our show and get yourself some cool Star Trek gear at the same time. Check out our line of t-shirts, mugs, hats, and other items for your inner Trek geek at shop.trekgeeks.com. This is Todd Haberkorn, Mr. Spock on Star Trek Continues, and you're listening to the Trek Geeks podcast with Dan Davidson and Bill Smith. Failure to tune in would be highly illogical. Guess a little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant. Welcome, one and all, to Trek Geeks, a Star Trek podcast. We're happy you're here. Thanks so much for downloading. It's good to be back doing our normal thing, and this is episode 65. I'm your co-host, Bill Smith. Joining me, as he does every single episode about this time, is my co-host. We just got word that he's allowed to cross the Nevada state line again, just in time for STLV-50. It would seem that the statute to limitations on streaking up and down the Las Vegas Strip isn't all that long. Boom, boom. He's the modest and demure Dan Davidson. Dan, welcome aboard, and please try to keep your clothes on, buddy. I thought we agreed that we were not going to discuss that until at least we got to Vegas. It's a matter of public record. <laughs> it's good to be here. It's good to be back on a regular track. Uh, last, you know, last week wasn't all that great what we had to do for a show, but it's good to be back. Good to be uh, shooting the breeze again, making fun of each other, insulting each other, because, hey, that's what we do here on the Trek Geeks podcast, right, Bill? It is. And you remember, originally we were going to go with Timeless last week. Yeah. We've bumped that to a little further in the schedule. We'll still have that for you, but probably coming up, uh, I think, the week after next um, it's still a great idea. Dan and I are looking forward to talking about it. But for those of you looking for Timeless, you just have to hold out in the space-time continuum just a wee bit longer. The time will come. Get it? Yeah. Oh, that was good. Yeah. 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 Speaking of things whose time has come, Dan, why don't you tell the good folks at home how they might be able to get in touch with us? I'd be happy to do that. As always, we have our handle on Twitter, Facebook, and Skype, and that's Trek Geeks. Or you can send us an email at trekgeeks at starfleet.com or dial us up at 508-784-1701 and leave us a voicemail. Or if you want to leave us a voicemail through your computer or tablet or phone, go to speakpipe.com slash trekgeeks. And uh, as always, as Bill knows, we have our official Facebook group, Camp Kittimer. A lot of good things going in there uh, and being talked about recently, especially. It's been really great. Uh, just go on over to facebook.com slash groups slash Camp Kittimer, and uh, we will let you right in. 
Plus, you get early access to these episodes of these here Trek Geeks podcasts, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, so uh, check it out. Uh, we got a lot of uh, special things planned. We got something brewing for Vegas, so go check that out as well on the Camp Kittimer site. And just remember that any comments or messages that you leave us in any of these places may be used in a future episode back to the studio. Thank you, Dan. I really appreciate that report from the field. Great job, buddy. I learned from the best. Can, can I tell you, we've been watching American Ninja Warrior lately. And I mean, I love that show from its Japanese version back uh-huh. when it used to be on Spike TV. But now that it's on NBC, they've added a lot of glitz and, and lights and special effects. And the guy who hosts it sounds just like my you know, courtside announcer voice. Yes. American Ninja Warrior. I know That's where like, you're going from here. <laughs> I'm certainly not running that course because I'll fall on my face. <laughs> uh, as will I. Dan, it's time for the news from our great friends at TrekNews.net. We hope that TrekNews.net will be everybody's first stop for the latest in Star Trek news. And it just so happens to be ours today. Up first on the rundown, it looks like we'll be licking the backs of Star Trek pretty soon, won't we? Why did you have to go there? You just made it dirty, <laughs> but still awesome. Yeah, I've been waiting for this one for a long time. We've seen them in Canada recently, already have been released. The um, United States Postal Service Star Trek 50th Anniversary stamps are going to be finally available for the public on September 2nd. There are some great uh, images. Uh, we'll uh, see if we can put a link up on our uh our show notes, but uh, I'm looking forward to that. I told my wife the other day that I'm going to be writing a big check to the USPS uh, come September 2nd so that I can have those forever stamps for a long time. I'm pretty sure you can use your debit card. Oh, that's right. It's they're not they're not the Pony Express anymore. I just want to point that out. You don't need to go Western Union on them. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm I'm psyched about this. When I first saw those released, I was pretty excited. So September I have 7th. to say, I like the Canadian offering better, quite frankly. I will say that they did a great job as well, but I'll take what we can get here in these United of States uh, and uh, just be glad that we've got something. Well, actually, you can order the Canadian stuff from America on the Canadian Post Office website. Oh, just I'm so aware. You know. I'm aware. But then I can't use them. So you're not going to use these ones either. <laughs> oh, yes, I am, sir. <laughs> For the three letters I send a year by regular mail nowadays. Oh, yeah. Sporting that most up. Of, most of those are cease and desists, right? Uh, they, they are return fees to my lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, next up, it looks like Paramount has issued a blue, I almost said blue way. I almost feel like the guy in The Princess Bride. Blue Way. (laughs) The uh, Blu-ray replacement info for the new Star Trek II director's cut. Yeah, this was a pleasant surprise. Um, For those of you who have seen the director's cut Blu-ray that came out a couple of weeks ago, there was one scene in the very beginning, a very small scene, but one that I've always liked that was mis-edited, so to speak. For those of you that um, are curious, there's that one scene where they're in the Kobayashi Maru where... 
Sulu turns towards Captain Savick and says, May I remind the captain if a starship enters the zone? And Savick says, I'm res- aware of my responsibilities, mister. That scene was misedited in the movie, the director's cut that came out a couple weeks ago, and they they used a quick scene from a minute or two before, so a kind of like double image scene. They've actually gone ahead and corrected this, and fans that want a replacement can actually contact Paramount and get the corrected one sent to them. I think that's a great idea. Uh, you can email them at wrathofconreturns at tce.com, or you can also call them toll-free at 844-898-4365. I've already done that. You're going to get a recording, and you're going to be asked to leave your name and mailing address. They're going to send you a return envelope for your current version. You send that back, and then they're going to send you another one. So I think that's pretty cool. I did mine through email and got no confirmation yet, so we'll see if I actually get mine. All right. I'll keep you updated when I get my envelope. Uh, and I will do the same, and we'll be sure to tell everybody here on Trek Geeks. So. Okay. All right. Uh, Dan, it looks like there's a new virtual reality coming to the Star Trek universe. Yeah. Uh, this was some big news. This was a couple of weeks ago before the uh, unfortunate... Uh, issue with uh, Anton, but uh, virtual reality game called Star Trek Bridge Crew was announced at a recent gaming convention, the E3 gaming convention in Los Angeles earlier this month. Um, they had a few big names out there to uh, to talk about this. I believe Jerry Ryan and LeVar Burton and, and Carl Urban were all there, and they had on the VR displays, and, and it looks pretty awesome. You're going to be able to work with people sitting around you and actually pilot a starship and do things with it. You know, I remember being a teenager and wishing that something like that existed. And who knew that 35 years later or whatever it is, 30 some odd years later, that we actually would have it. Yeah. And it's really cool. I've seen some VR stuff over the years. When it first came out, you had those giant helmets that you'd put on. Now it's, now they have the, I think, I think the Google, glasses are one thing that's kind of popular right now it's very small but it looks uh the graphics were incredible uh and and all the stars that were there said that it was really an amazing experience so i'm looking forward to it it's going to be coming out this fall i'm not sure uh prices or anything like that but i'm sure that we're going to get a lot of listeners who are going to let us know how it is because there'll be a few users out there i'm i'm guessing i think i'm going to wait to pull the trigger on that one you know because i don't I don't have any need for VR, nor do I do anything else with it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it might be a niche thing, but uh, it'll still be cool to see uh, what it's like when it comes out. First, I'm kind. I'm kind of hoping that maybe there will be a demo at STLV. Or if the folks at E3 or or the the folks that are putting this together just want to send us one to test, (laughs) I think we would be more than welcome to do that. (laughs) Wow, I uh, I like where your head's at. Um, I'm going to recommend. I'm going to recommend you for promotion, whatever unit we end up serving in. Thank you, thank you. Ubisoft uh, can send those right to my mailing address, which you can find at trekgeeks.com. Which, lucky for you, now is not the Clark County House <laughs> of Corrections. Moving on. Wow. Dan, right after STLV, we'll get back, and at the very tail end of that week, it looks like something pretty special is coming back to Fenway Park. Yes. And the Old Town team. 
big, big news on this. We were very excited to see this. Last year, they had a Star Trek night at Fenway Park, and this year, they're going to have another one on August 12th, which is a Friday night. It's kind of interesting the way that this all uh, was put together. Uh, Boston's Comic-Con is going to be that weekend, so they kind of got a big name that they're going to have showing up at Fenway Park and uh, throwing out the first pitch. And uh, Bill, why don't you tell everybody who that's going to be, because you're a special guy. <laughs> so wait a second. When do you get to decide who reads the news? Every once in a while, I just like to hand it to you because your voice is mellifluous. Uh, <laughs> All right, yeah, it's Bill okay. Shatner. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, William Shatner is going to be throwing out the first pitch at the game. Uh, I believe it's against the Arizona Diamondbacks. So any of you New England fans that are in Boston or in the surrounding area. Go, uh, go, uh, go to Fenway Park and Star Trek night. There's going to be trivia. People that purchase tickets um, through the special link on treknews.net's website will get a, an exclusive Captain Kirk Red Sox figurine, which is kind of cool. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be pretty neat. And we have to thank everyone at treknews.net for letting us know about this. They're a major part of this happening, mm-hmm. and they may have a couple of special guests themselves. I'm yeah. just saying. It's, it's possible. We might know a couple people who might actually be there to partake in the festivities. We'll keep a couple of, couple of geeky type people, perhaps. But we'll find out more about that as the days go on now with six weeks to go until that happens. Six weeks. Yeah. Hopefully the Red Sox will not be playing horribly like they are right now at that time. Well, it's, it's the June swoon. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the Red Sox. Yes. July's coming. and then the september swoon right after that so yeah right well dan this week it appears a third and final trailer for star trek beyond dropped and it features some brand new music yes some new music and some new scenes i was not aware this was coming was it announced that there was going to be a third trailer or was it a surprise uh it was a surprise to me i'll say that yeah, um, there is a new single that's being um, put on the soundtrack of this movie, and uh, Rihanna's got a new song called Sledgehammer, uh, which made its debut in this trailer. The single is available now. The trailer was pretty awesome, I gotta say, and I, I really don't care if people have a problem with the music that's used in these trailers, because I thought it was pretty cool. I thought the song fit the trailer. Mm-hmm. You know, all too often you get a song that's sort of thrown in there that maybe makes sense, but the whole tone of it with the Kirk narration throughout part of it really, I thought, fit exceptionally well. Plus, Rihanna's a Trekkie. Yes, she is. Yeah. You know, so I, I think that this is a great thing. People tend to forget that Star Trek The Motion Picture almost had a version of Ilea's theme sung by Sean Cassidy. What a wonderful piece of music. Oh, no. We, yeah. <laughs> that song is terrible. It almost wound up in the movie. Now, granted, it was 1979. Times are different now. You know, we've had, uh, what, that song in Star Trek V? Do you remember that one? Um, Somebody tweeted me about it earlier today. Was that the one that Uhura was singing? No, no, no. A different one. I think it was playing in the bar on Nimbus 3. Okay. Anyway. All right. Um, you know, First Contact had Ubi Doobie by yep. Roy Orbison and Magic Carpet Ride by Steppenwolf. Obviously, Beastie Boy Sabotage appeared in Star Trek 2009. I have a feeling this song is going to be over the end credits, and yeah. it's not going to be a big deal. 
Stepping into Eden, yay, brother. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, <laughs> space hippies. Yes. I'll tell you what. Um, you mentioned it, Kirk's narrative in this trailer. And the line where he said, this is going to be my final log entry. His captain of the Enterprise hit me like a sledgehammer. Nice. I see what you did there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, well, Dan, lastly, you can take the last bullet item since I have to tell you about it. Yes. Uh, got some interest. You know, Bill is breaking ranks here at the Trek Geeks podcast, and he's, you know, he's loaning himself out. So uh, why don't you tell us about what you got coming up and uh, and where we can go to uh, hear your your tones. Boy, you just can't read copy, can I, you? No, I don't. I, I like to do it. <laughs> I'd like to just put you on the spot. No, uh, uh, you're going to be a guest on Simply Syndicated Starbase 66, and you're going to uh, sit down at the Admiral's table this week and talk Axanar. Oh, what else is there to talk about? <laughs> no, I, I have to say, I had a great time with Rick and Scott, and I have to thank them so much for inviting me on. I know Rick has listened to our show for some time, and he's pretty active in Camp Kittimer, too, a, a hint to all of you. But the episode drops today, the same day that ours does. We'll make sure we have a link to it on Facebook and Twitter so that everyone can check it out. But uh, we talk a little bit about the Axonar rules, which is what we're going to talk about in the next segment. I got one question for you. Yeah. How many times do you insult me in this interview over there? I actually don't. Really? Yeah. Wow. Are you have, tur- right, have that's you turned a lie. leaf? <laughs> no, that's a lie. I, <laughs> I think there's one, but it's minor. Okay. It's not, no, minor. not like the one I did over at Tricorder. Well, okay, great. I'm glad I get to look forward to something then. <laughs> <laughs> Before we go any further, Dan, let's stop and take a moment to do something we normally do at the end of the podcast. Good idea. You know, this show wouldn't sound nearly as good as it does without the music of Five Year Mission. We love those guys, don't we, Dan? They are fantastic. And not only do we love them, we know that a lot of people are going to love them live in Vegas because... They are your house band for STLV50, my friend. Man, that is such a great <laughs> ring to it. I love saying that. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, seriously, we hope you support these guys. We support them as often as we can. Please head on out to fiveyearmission.net. Get yourself some albums. Get yourself some shirts, some stickers, some swag. You could be sporting your 5YM gear and STLV. That would be awesome. And... uh you know, please just uh, support them as much as you can. We are big fans of theirs, and we can't thank them enough each and every week. They are um, to employ a Danism, fan farking tastic. That is wonderful. I like that. You know what they should do? No, um, what, what's that, Dan? They should make Fark's glasses a marketing thing that you can purchase, and everybody can look like Fark. Speaking of Fark, I do have to say though, um, I was you know going through my my library watching a great episode the other day. And, you know, it is the will of Patrick. Peace and joy to you, friend. It was the return of the Farcons. Oh. No? Wow. Now we know why we saved that for the end of the show. 
because it's much easier to get past it when you know the end the end theme is rolling it's going to be rolling in everybody's head the rest of the episode isn't that great uh, return yeah, of the farcons see what i did there yeah. that's <sighs> like i said fan farking tastic and it's not stopping <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan, let's move on to our main segment today. Yeah. We, um, we mentioned a little bit ago in the news that we were going to talk Axonar today. And within the last week, CBS has announced guidelines for fan films, period. So they have taken a stand and they have said what you now can and cannot do. And a lot of people are up in arms. And rightly so, but I think a lot of people are up in arms at the wrong side. Let's make it very yeah. clear here, folks. 100%. I'm not one who likes to get in arguments. This is 1,000% Axonar's fault. This would not, we would not be where we are right now if it was not for what happened with that production. They have totally put everything in jeopardy over uh, with Star Trek fan films because of egos and the inability to follow guidelines that they were quote-unquote given or not given. Everybody knows you're not supposed to make money off of an IP. Some people decided to ignore that, and this is where we are right now. I cannot say strongly enough that the people that are blaming CBS have their head up somebody's ass because it is not CBS's fault. Well, and let's state right here that there have been plenty of opportunities for us to rail against Axonar up -hmm. until now. Mm -hmm. We've talked a little bit about Axonar. We've explained that we have concerns back when the lawsuit first dropped. You know, we've talked about getting banned from their various social media sites, or I. I know, right? (laughs) But we have tried to be the adults in the room with regard to Axonar. Mm-hmm. And when these guidelines came out, I was done. Yep. Absolutely. I'm done. This is the last straw. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, think it's, I think it's fair to say that CBS had to do something. Um, there are some people that are, are bitching and moaning that they went too far. Sorry. Nope. Don't. They can do whatever they want. This is their IP. They can do anything they want as strict as they want, and we have nobody to blame for what happens going forward. If we never see another fan production again, everybody knows who they should blame, or everybody should know who they should blame. Right. Because that's who I blame. (laughs) Well, you know, for months, Axanar and Alec Peters have been saying there should be guidelines. Hey, there need to be guidelines. Hey, Star Wars has guidelines, even though they only have them for the fan film contest. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, we need to have guidelines like Star Wars. Hey, CBS, you really need to give us guidelines. And then they they tried to get fan films together to create a set of guidelines to suggest to CBS. And no fan film wanted a damn thing to do with it, and rightfully so. Just the audacity to say, hey, we got everybody in this boat, but let's... Let me try to fix it for you by giving CBS some guidelines that they should use. What a crock. This is like the guy who steals your wife offering to help you to write your prenup for your next wedding. Yeah. That's exactly what this is like. It's so infuriating. The nerve of that guy. Yep. And they don't think they're doing anything wrong. (laughs) Still. I think. 
whether or not they actually think they're doing anything wrong, the PR and the spin they're putting out is trying to paint themselves as sympathetic figures. Right. I I can't come out and say they know they're doing anything wrong, but yeah, that's true. I have a hard time believing he's being this obtuse. Right. He's not a, he's not a dumb guy. No. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate that there are so many, um, fan film productions that follow the rules and that have followed the rules. And now everything is completely up in the air. There are several that have come out in the last few days since this all dropped that have completely stopped. Let's look at one example, Renegades. We know that we were kind of critical of the first episode, but it's a Star Trek fan production and they had a lot of Star Trek people in it. They just started filming episode two the day before CBS dropped these rules. And they have now announced that they have wiped Star Trek references out of the entire script. How on earth is this even going to work now at all? Character character names have changed. Uniforms have changed. Makeup has changed. Mm -hmm. It, it looks terrible. I'm not going to lie. It was, it was, I really felt bad because there was a couple screenshots uh, put out today of the cast and it just, it looks, it looks not good. Um, and they have a huge list of Star Trek people that were going to be associated with this or who are associated with it, but they're not going to be the people that we thought they were as characters. That's for sure. No, no. It's really so, too bad. It really is. Other productions are sitting back, right. you know, because they assume that they either can't do anything or there are plenty of other productions who either have episodes in the pipeline or have already raised money to produce episodes. And we have no idea how that's going to shake out yet right? because it hasn't been announced. Right. I know that as as we drop this on Tuesday, the 28th, John Van Sitters, the VP from CBS, is going to be on Engage, the official Star Trek podcast, dropping Mm -hmm. Wednesday, the 29th. And theoretically, there will be some answers to questions, but I find it hard to believe that there are going to be some of these magic answers for some of these productions. Yeah, I really don't think there are going to be magic answers. I think it's going to be uh, a very thin ice time over the next couple of weeks to figure out exactly what's going to be happening to some of these productions. I know your favorite one with Captain O'Brien just came out with an announcement today. uh, I didn't see it. Yeah, I saw it on uh, Axa Monitor, I believe, that they are suspending. Oh, that's too bad. Captain O'Brien and 709. Yeah. Star Trek Reliant. Yeah. Yeah. Reliant is dead. Long live Reliant. Right. So, I mean, it's it's just unfortunate we're probably going to see this continue because – they don't want to they don't want to upset the IP holders and let's put this out there also everyone that i have seen so far that is stopping or changing or doing something since these rules dropped except for one has said unequivocally that they respect CBS, they thank them for letting them play in their sandbox and they appreciate being able to do the star trek fan productions that they've done over the years that's class hasn't happened from everybody no, because Axanar went and dropped two trailers. Right. After, yeah. Yeah. And they're horrible. Two trailers. Yeah. Two trailers that sound like they were put together like thir- with third graders. And one of the trailers had uh, scenes from something that wasn't even Axanar. They did? 
Yeah, the first trailer had episode had Peters as Garth from the uh, oh, uh, new, oh. was it, I don't even know if it's new, which I don't know which production it was. Well, they filmed it at New Voyages, but they were the heroes vignettes for Axanor, yeah. which were supposed to bookend the movie and be on the DVD and Blu-ray. Gotcha, gotcha. So they were filmed for Axanor because Rob Burnett directed them. I see. My apologies for the information, misinformation. No, it's okay. Well, why don't we take this moment to take a look at the guidelines? Okay. Now, we've stated many times you and I are not lawyers. Nope. But we are Star Trek fans, and if we were ever going to think of making a Star Trek fan film, this would have to be our first stop. So our interpretation of these rules are what any fan would read, and we're not trying to you know, dismantle the legalese. We're just essentially saying what we think it means in, in plain language. Okay. Fair? Very fair. Okay. Yep. So let's talk about number one. And this one I think is, well, you know, the first amendment is the most important in, in our country, in yep. the United States. This guideline, number one, the prime directive, as I've started calling it, uh, is probably the most damning. And it says, the fan production must be less than 15 minutes for a single self-contained story or no more than two segments, episodes, or parts not to exceed 30 minutes total with no additional seasons, episodes, parts, sequels, or remakes. Wow. That is like so, the, yeah. just taking the knife and slicing right across the throat. No more web series. Yeah. You know, and and I was talking to somebody at my work about this, and it's like it's it's not as if you could do a two segment thirty minutes with it to be continued because you can't do that. It is there's there's no series anymore. It's just one offs. Yeah, self contained. Yeah, Ugh, that and 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 I'm sorry. I mean, I know that people are like oh, this would make people more creative. Fifteen minutes for a story for a Star Trek story. That's that's a tough sell. Well, it doesn't have to be the whole episode start to finish. Right. It could be, you know, it could be, well, essentially what we're talking about is making short films. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I do believe that creatively this may spark people to go, I can work within those limitations. It may start a brand new era of Star Trek short films, which I think would be really cool. That's true. We just won't have any more hour-long episodic installments of web series or planned movies like Horizon or you know Axanar if that were ever going to be made. Which we'll never see. No, it will never, never be never made. See. Never see it at all. And let's let's back up for a second. You and I are referring to these as the Axanar rules. Absolutely. From now on. That's because that's what caused this. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's because they peed in the pool. And now the rest of us have to play by this. We all suffer the consequences as fans and for those who produce fan films because somebody got greedy. Yep. And as we have said before, we were both donors to uh, Prelude and to the movie that we'll never see. Uh, so it's not like we don't have any vested interest in this. We have a very vested interest. And whenever we questioned something that we were vested in, we get blocked or called haters or drama queens or low-end podcasters. So, Well, and before the Axonerds rally against us, we both donated to the two feature Kickstarters for Axonar, mm -hmm. not to Prelude. That's correct. Yes, you are correct. Yeah. Yep. 
Sorry about that. Um, no, because they will seize on the slightest thing and say, oh, we are lying. Well, well, unfortunately, it's because it happened so long ago and we haven't seen a product. <laughs> it's easy to freaking forget about it. The first Axonar Kickstarter was almost two years ago. Right. How, hey, did you and, get your patches yet, buddy? Nope. Yeah, I've no. yet to see a damn patch. No. It's sitting on, in boxes in Aries slash Valkyrie slash Industry Studios in Valencia, California, and nobody has taken a pen out of a jar to, to address envelopes. Right. Yeah. Nobody's done a thing. Class. Class. So guideline number two, Dan. Sure. This one's very interesting, and it affects well, several productions notably. Mm -hmm. The title of the fan production or any parts cannot include the name Star Trek. However, the title must contain a subtitle with the phrase a Star Trek fan production in plain typeface. The fan production cannot use the term official in either its title or subtitle or in any marketing, promotions, or social media for the fan production. That's going to that's gonna hit a lot, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, it will. Of course, the first one that comes to mind is our favorite production, Star Trek Continues. Uh, I mean, you can't get more Star Trek in the name than that. So um, it's very interesting, this one. Um, I understand where they're going with this. Um, it's just, it, I'm wondering if just the Star Trek fan production subtitle is going to make it as prominent that it is in fact a Star Trek fan production. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, it does. It's hard to say. I am, who knows at this point. I, I do think that that's an interesting line in the sand to draw. From what I understand, these guidelines line up, you know, next to the Star Wars ones almost identically. Yeah. From what I've understood. Okay. So let's move on to guideline number three. The contents in the fan production must be original, not reproductions, recreations, or clips from any Star Trek production. If non-third-party Star Trek content is used, all necessary permissions for any third-party content should be obtained in writing. So no more borrowing special effects or clips from any previously produced Star Trek. And if you use something else that's not Star Trek, you use a clip from somebody else, you have to obtain those releases. Yeah, that, that's... I don't... Is that as difficult, though, you think? Um, because we've seen... Well, actually, maybe it would be difficult. Um, I'm trying to think of when we have scenes of various ships flying by. Uh, that's not really taking it from an original... Um, it would be a it would be a, a reproduction, I guess. Uh, well, only if it's recreating a scene shot for shot, that's a reproduction or a recreation. You know, there were you know there have been elements in various things, like say the uh, the Guardian of Forever in mm -hmm. New Voyages, mm -hmm. or there were some people who talked about the White Iris and some of the digitized backgrounds yes. they had yep. in the holodeck. Yep. It could apply to things like that, but I have to believe that there's probably a little bit of Axanor in this too, based on the Vulcan scene. I think that it is safe to say if we go through all of these, and I don't, it'll take too much time to do it, we could find Axanor examples for every single one of these rules because they were made because of Axanor. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The Vulcan scene came first to mind when I heard this one because yep. they recreated Mount Salea. Yep. They created the Vulcan ships. You know, they, they did everything. Yep. So Agreed. Uh, number four is interesting to me, and then we'll go to five, and then we'll skip to a couple of other ones. 
Uh, number four, if the fan production uses commercially available Star Trek uniforms, accessories, toys, and props, these items must be official merchandise and not bootleg items or imitations of such commercially available products. How do you think PropWorks feels about that? <laughs> well, I'm sure, I'm sure they're happy. <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> but this essentially means no knockoffs and no counterfeits. Yeah. And there's plenty of them out there. There um, are. Yeah, it's uh, and one of the things that comes to mind, unfortunately, because it's not an original, is the awesome phaser rifle in the last episode of Star Trek Continues, coming out between the dragons. That was an awesome prop. But it probably wasn't an original. It was probably built. Well, I think that's different, because that was designed to not be the hero prop. That was designed to get damaged. I think they're talking about, you know, if you're going to, you know, get uniforms to do an original series era type thing, they better be official. Okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. You know, or if you're going to, you know, use <laughs> a toy, it better not be, you know, one of those knockoff, you know, uh, dollar store <laughs> toy lasers. Right. It better be a phaser yep. that's, that's licensed. Yep. That kind of deal. Right. Gotcha. The, um... The fifth one, this is going to affect a lot of people in Renegades. I'm looking oh, at you. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> the fan production must be a real fan production, i.e. creators, actors, and all of their participants must be amateurs, <laughs> cannot be compensated for their services, and cannot be currently or previously employed on any huh. Star Trek series, films, production of DVDs, or with any of CBS or Paramount Pictures licensees. This is a hard line in the sand. You know what the best part of that rule is? What's that? Production of DVDs. Who do you think that was aimed at? <laughs> oh, that was aimed squarely at Rob Burnett. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. But I'll tell you what, you said it before you started reading the rule. All of the people that have gotten signed on to Renegades before this all happened, all the Star Trek people, what are there, like half a dozen, ten? Uh, and, yep. Well, there's there's Chekhov, there's Uhura, there's Tuvok, there's Chakotay, there's Jadzia, there's Jake, there's Nog, there's um, uh, Molly O'Brien. Yeah. There's, yep. there's a whole bunch, and any other ancillary characters who appear in Renegades. But unfortunately... This also goes for Doug Drexler, yeah, who also does those beautiful shots of the Enterprise and continues in right. theory. Right. It's uh, yeah. This was a this was a big one. Um, yeah. And, and let me ask you this: uh, the fan production must be a real fan production. Creators, actors, and all other participants must be amateurs. Let's use STC again as an example, just because we we know a lot about it. Would you consider any of the people that are involved in that as professional actors? And is that going well, to is that going to hurt? Well, this is part of what I think CBS needs to flesh out. Yeah, amateur, amateur what? Right, exactly. You know, um, <laughs> I'm. Some might argue I'm an amateur podcaster, but I'm an IT professional. Oh, you, you are know? an amateur, so, Mister. I'm an amateur at just about everything. Low end amateur, but. You know, a lot of the people on Continues are also voice actors. Right. And not necessarily series regulars on television shows. Yep. Does that make a difference? You know, or uh, who knows? Yeah. Uh, look at um, look at Axanar with Richard Hatch. 
Mm-hmm. He's not worked in Star Trek, but he is a professional. Would that impact him? Right. I would. I would say yes to that one without hesitation. A professional right. actor. Um, the other thing, the other one that comes out to me when I look at this is that if you've been previously employed on any Star Trek series films, is our good friend Larry. Right. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Uh, this one, I'll be, I'll be interested in seeing what the explanation is of this, if there is any specific explanation. We'll see. We'll see. Um, number six is pretty long, so we're going to talk about the highlights instead of reading the rules, and they are these. So they want the productions, the fan productions, to be non-commercial. So that means no building a studio to rent it out. As far as fundraising, you can only raise a max of $50,000, including crowdfunding fees. That's a big so you have to factor that into the amount. And once you hit fifty grand, all fundraising has to stop. It has to be offered for free. They can't offer any kind of physical media like DVD or Blu-ray. Uh, no advertising in any way. And this includes pre-roll advertising and banners. So that calls into question whether or not you can use YouTube. Right. Uh, no donor stores, so no portals <laughs> to give away merchandise, but also it means no perks. Right. And that's big. So no patches. Yeah, no patches, no models, no unauthorized merchandise. And then lastly, no rewards that include screen use stuff in the fundraising. Right. Which I thought was very interesting. Let me ask you, you said, you said no patches uh, or anything. So basically what's going on right now? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I ha- well, I haven't gotten patches from Axonar, so luckily, you know, they're already meeting this one. <laughs> it's very good for good. them. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it's 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 a uh, it's sad um, because perks are a big part of a lot of people uh, donating to these fundraisers. There's been some amazing perks from a lot of these uh, fan productions over the years, and that yeah. is going to be a um, a detractor, I think, uh, unfortunately. And I'll tell you what, $50,000, unless you're Tommy Kraft, you're not going to be able to do much with that $50,000. Well, I think it's going to force more, you know, filmmakers to be like Tommy Kraft. You know, yeah. we talked to him, you know, we thought that this might usher in a new era of creativity. Yep. Um, and now it's going to have to be that way out of resourcefulness. Right. To Agreed. make that budget go a long way. Yep. Yep. So moving on to number seven, and I'm going to thumbnail this one because it's a little long. Um, the fan production must be family friendly. So no profanity, no nudity, no obscenity, no pornography. So Dan, you're out there. No depictions of drugs or alcohol, blah, blah, blah. So basically no R-rated Trek. Which uh, that, this, this one to me is a non-issue because there never really has been. And I don't think people have ever thought of making... It not unless you're talking about an adult uh, Star Trek parody, which there have been several. Um, but um, this one for me is like an eh, eh, whatever. Well, but here's the thing, though: parody is also protected by the First Amendment. Oh, that's so oh, that, oh no, I don't mean that. And what I'm saying is, I don't see a lot of people who want to make fan productions having a problem with this one because they yeah. don't really do it. I mean, they don't make right. our Trek now. And I'm saying that there are parodies out there um, that have plenty of the stuff like nudity and profanity and obscenity. Obscenity is the adult films that industry has done several, but this one is not a very big showstopper for me at all. Right. Number eight. 
all the fan films must display a disclaimer, 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 disclaimer in the on-screen credits that reads this, and it pretty much better show word for word. Star Trek and all related marks, logos, and characters are solely owned by CBS Studios, Inc. This fan production is not endorsed by, sponsored by, nor affiliated with CBS, Paramount Pictures, or any other Star Trek franchise and is a non-commercial fan-made film intended for recreational use. No commercial exhibition or distribution is permitted. No alleged independent rights will be asserted against CBS or Paramount Pictures. So not only had you better show this disclaimer, you get no rights to take action against us for for holding you to these guidelines. Yep. Um, I don't... I don't really have a huge problem with this one either. I know mean, a lot of productions put something similar to this in there now. So just right. the specific wording. It's just it's just CYA on uh, on CBS's part saying you can't do anything, but we can do whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. N- number nine, creators of fan productions must not seek to register their works nor any elements of the works under copyright or trademark law. So no creating your own copyrights or trademarks on our stuff. Or coffee. Hello, yeah, hello Axonar Productions yep. and Axonar Coffee. Yep. And anything. Hello, hello Aries Studios. Mm-hmm. Perfect Axonar rule. Perfect example of why this is happening is because of what they have done or tried to do over the past two years while we've been waiting for something that hasn't happened yet and are still waiting and probably won't see it anyway because we're drinking our axe and our coffee. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I need to switch to something stronger. <laughs> Let's see. Number 10, the last of the guidelines before the fine print. Uh, fan productions cannot create or imply any association or endorsement by CBS or Paramount Pictures. Again, all axe and oh. because how many times did we hear... Yep. You know, Alex had a great re- relationship with CBS, and they the, CBS was on board. Yep, and uh, Christian Gossett mentioned this week in some in some interviews that he was always assured that CBS was on board and and had no problem with it, and this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, show me the pudding. Well, we have to give a shout out to the GNT show. They had a oh, phenomenal yeah. interview with Christian Gossett. If you haven't heard it. Go over to their site and listen to it because it is eye-opening. It is very eye-opening, and I got to hand it to Christian. He could have really just, uh, but he he held back. I think, and I think there's plenty that he wants to say. But he's unlike some people. He's smart and knows that there is litigation still pending. So he's you know keeping some of those nuggets for when and if he needs them. But fantastic job by the GNT show. It was a great great interview. And then lastly, the fine print. And this is the thing that maybe gives us a little hope, and we'll talk about that in a second. CBS and Paramount Pictures reserve the right to revise, revoke, and or withdraw these guidelines at any time in their own discretion. These guidelines are not a license and do not constitute approval or authorization of any fan production or a waiver of any rights that CBS or Paramount Pictures may have with respect to fan fiction created outside of these guidelines. I read this as we can make these guidelines better or worse at any time. You choose which. Right. And I guess one of the questions I would have for you, Bill, I want to get your opinion on this based on this last fine print thing. Let's say, for example, you were going to make a fan production and let's say I was going to make a fan production. And for whatever reason, 
one one of us was doing a better job, which probably be me, um, at the production. <laughs> the CBS with this fine print have the right to say, "Bill, you go ahead and make yours. Dan, you can't." Well, they can do that anyway. But does this make it? Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, they can. Um, but do you think that this makes it? No, I guess you. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, I didn't think of it. No. Like that. What this says to me is we have the power to create exceptions or to shut everything down. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, in theory, we could find out that, you know, the, the shows that or you know, have episodes in the pipeline or have, you know, raised funds to produce episodes may still get to produce those. We have no idea. Yeah. CBS is granting themselves the power to say we can do that. Okay, gotcha. They also grant themselves the power to say, we strike down every single one of these guidelines and fan films are forbidden. Yeah. Let me ask you this also. These are fan film guidelines, they have said. Do you think that that means that if somebody were stupid enough, they can go ahead and try to make something they want and still maybe get away with it? Or is it just open the door for CBS to come and say, hey, we warned you, you're in trouble? Well, I mean, what's a guideline? It's a rule. Yeah. I and mean, let's be honest. That's semantics. Guideline sounds, you know, less threatening. Yep. So True. if somebody, you know, essentially what happens is if you decide not to follow these, you you do so at your own peril. Right. Yep. If you do follow these, like it said on the website, CBS more than likely is not going to pay attention to you. Yeah. Yep. Sort of like a Borg, so. the Borg, just kind of ignoring you until you do yeah. something to piss them off. Right. That hasn't happened recently, has it? <laughs> so those are the rules. And I, there is, you know, there are case studies for Axanar in every single one of them. Oh, yeah. And I'm sorry, if if you were holding steadfast as an Axanar supporter, I really have to question why. If you can't see the situation for what it is or the forest for the trees, there's nothing any of us can do to help you. It's because you don't want to see it. Exactly. There is, uh, it, it is nothing than blind Kool-Aid drinking at this point, in my opinion, to be following them and to still be holding out hope and defending what is going on. That's where I get like crazy is reading all the stuff from the, uh, from the devote followers of how blind they are. Um, it's, it's not happening folks. And these rules are a dr- direct uh, consequence of that production and the people running that production thinking that they're better than everybody else and don't have to answer to the rules that the IP holder has. I wish I could go back in time and not donate. Yeah. Hey, let's get a refund. <laughs> well, and I, I apologize to anyone who listened to this show that donated because we had Alec on. Absolutely. Twice. I, twice. Once because we asked, and the second time because they asked. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I apologize. You know, so many people got taken for a ride because they thought they were getting a movie. And this guy's never produced anything. Some right. people go, well, he produced Prelude to Axanar. Well, if you hear Christian Gossett tell the story, he didn't really know what he was doing with that. Yep. And even then, that was, let's be honest, that was a Kickstarter video. Yeah. It was never designed to be anything but a video to help them raise other money to do the feature. Yep. Speaking of that, I want to say one thing about, a little off topic than the rules, but 
uh, it's amazing how things change when certain things happen. Christian Gossett had that interview on the GNT show, and it was a great interview, and a lot of things came out. And then all of a sudden, Axanar tweets how uh, Burnett should have gotten credit as co-director because he fixed the ship when the other director took off or something along those lines. And unfortunately I don't yeah. have the direct quote, but basically for months we're saying what a great job Christian Gossett did on prelude. And then because he says something publicly for the first time on a, a podcast, now all of a sudden he's a jerk and Burnett should get the credit. What a crock, what an absolute classless jerkwad move that was. And that should open the eyes of a lot of people. Well, it just tells me that he engages in revisionist history or at least appears to. Yep. You know, because what did we hear for months? Prelude was amazing. Christian did such a, a such great work. He's he's a groundbreaking filmmaker. He's a visionary. Prelude wouldn't have happened if it weren't for him. Those are almost all verbatim quotes I've heard at various times. Right. And now, <laughs> now it's just a series of he's a of hack. stories. Yeah, he's a hack. Yep. It's it's stories to make Christian Gossett look bad. Yeah. And the majority of people don't believe it. We know what a classy guy he is, and uh, he did great work on it, and he gets my full credit, man. Well, you know, the real question now is, why do people keep leaving the Axanar project? Gee, that's a good question. What's the What's, common denominator? That's exactly what I was going to say. What is the common denominator? Yes, there are some people who stayed, oh. but... Look at how many people have fled that place like a sinking ship. Yeah. And the only common denominators are these. Uh, the, the producer and what the producer happens to say about them after they leave. Right. That's key. That tells me a lot about the individual. Yeah. But it's not going to stop him from going to conventions and talking about what's going to happen and having big announcements that we never will hear about because that's just the way that things are done over there. It's been how long since I tweeted them and then got blocked about Valkyrie Studios, mm -hmm. the new name for Aries Studios, when they were going to start renting it out. And they said, well, stick around for the announcement and get an education. That was six weeks ago? Crickets. Crickets. No, no announcement. All right. Yep. What a shock. Shocker. Well, we could rail on and on and on about Axanar, and that's really not what we want to do. No. You know, this is the 50th anniversary year. I love Star Trek. You love Star Trek. It is a passion for us, and I'm just sorry that, you know, the, uh, uh, that the greed of one particular production is trying to take us all down. I intend to spend the rest of the year celebrating Star Trek's 50th anniversary, and we are now just, as this drops, five weeks away from STLV, hmm. and I cannot wait. It is going to be awesome. It's, it's, it's great. It's a great way to look at it. Moving forward, we're going to focus on the 50th anniversary. I don't even think we need to bring up the word anymore from here on out. Um, what's the point? Uh, let's be like our good friend and fellow podcaster, Heather Barker, says, let's talk about the good things happening with Star Trek right now. And damn it, that's what we're going to do. Because Star Trek is good. We are all fans. And Vegas is going to freaking rock, man. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to be so exhausted. I was saying that to my wife the other day. It's going to be fun, but it's going to be like a Disney trip times 10 in terms of having to do so much stuff. I'm going to be dead oh, yeah. when we get back. Well, you and I are possibly going to do some Facebook Live things from STLV. We haven't figured out what exactly, but 
we figure, why not? That tool's available. Yeah. You know, we've been doing mini-sodes from Vegas last year, yeah. so maybe we'll do some content with regard to that on Facebook Live or... Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe we'll get to talk to somebody earth-shattering, and we'll do it live on Facebook. I think it was a great idea when you mentioned it to me. We've seen, or I've seen uh, Revolt Tattoo, where you got your Star Trek tat, has done some Facebook Live. Uh, Mano Interreme has done a lot of Facebook Live with the circuit, so it's starting to pick up, and a lot more people are are doing it now. Uh, maybe Periscope or something like that. we got all kinds of things we can do to, to bring home STLV to those fans who are not there. Yeah, we're going to try to you know bring as much of the awesome stuff to everybody on social media as we can while still trying to get some rest. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, I think that about puts a wrap on episode, what is it, 65? 65. 65. 65. 65. 65. This is probably a good time to remind people about iTunes and Google Play. Um, we're in the midst of our... Well, it's well, there're just a few more days left to get your review in for this first giveaway period on iTunes. You know, we're giving away a $25 Amazon gift card um to a random reviewer on iTunes. So go to iTunes, find the podcast and uh and leave us a review and then we'll take care of the rest. We'll let you know if you won 25 bucks. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. And thank you for all of the uh reviews that have been coming in. We've been getting a lot of them and uh we really appreciate it. Positive or negative, like we've always said, we want to hear your true thoughts on what the show's like so we can make changes to make it better if there are things that we need to change. I know one thing we don't have to change is you, man, because you're the man. <laughs> uh well, we almost had to change you based on the laws in Las Vegas. We but dodged a bullet there. Big bullet dodge. 357 Magnum <laughs> right by. <laughs> and please remember to subscribe to Trek Geeks. If you're on an iOS or Apple device, please go to iTunes.trekgeeks.com. Or if you happen to be an Android user, you can go to Google Play.trekgeeks.com and you can subscribe right from there. Cool. So, Dan, next week. It's a holiday weekend here in the United States. We'll just be coming off of one, and we have something special planned. Yeah, great idea you had, man. i got to give you credit for this. It is the United States 4th of July. Independence Day is next week. So Bill thought, why not break down the original series, The Omega Glory? Because, after all, e plenista, e plegus unum, (laughs) we, the people... (laughs) <laughs> All I can hear is peace and tranquility. <laughs> oh, you'll hear it. <laughs> I got something special planned. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. This is going to be a great time. I've, we're going to laugh a lot. So uh, please remember for more great Star Trek discussion, check out our friends at the Tricorder Transmissions online at thetricordertransmissions.com. Man, they do such a great job over there. Jeff was on our show recently to shepherd us through the animated series and As we get ready for STLV, shore leave is going to become more and more important, so please check them out. And also, for the latest news on all things Trek, please visit treknews.net. For now, this has been Episode 65 of Trek Geeks, a Star Trek podcast. We do hope you all live long and prosper. I have new breaking news that there are new podcast guidelines that have just come out. No podcast can use the word coconut unless approved by Dan Davidson at the Trekkings Podcast. Oh, well, thank God for that.
There we go. So tonight uh, we don't we're we're Abby less tonight. She okay. she's doing a night at boarding as an acclimation visit because she's trying one of the private suites. Mm-hmm. And so we decided to go out for dinner because we don't do that very often. That's fantastic. So we went to uh, the Flavor of Australia, and by that I mean the Outback Steakhouse. Oi, crikey. Crikey, mate. And so we get there and we look at the drinks because we're like, you know what? It's been a week, and it's only Monday. <laughs> so let's have let's have a drink. So we both ordered a key lime pie martini. Oh, my. It, that sounded great until the waiter came back and dropped us off margaritas. Okay. Not the same. I don't think so. I would not think so. And then we pointed out and he looked at us like a deer in the headlights and it was like, oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. 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 I had a similar situation like that today. I've been, I have a, one of my prescriptions. I started a, the mail order reorder process like two weeks ago. And it's just been problems for some reason. It hasn't gotten sent out and I had to call and then I had to call my doctor's office and they had to call them back and they got it all situated. And finally last, the 21st of June, apparently it had mailed. Oh my God. I haven't gotten it yet. I haven't gotten it yet. So I get on the chat, uh, function today mm-hmm. and <clears throat> I'm looking, or I'm, I'm trying to pull up the information and I, I find the information and I'm talking to the lady and she gives me a um, tracking number and says, yeah, it, it shipped out on the 21st. I said, good. Yep. But before I could actually get the tracking number, we closed the chat window and for some reason it shuts it off. So I didn't see it. But she said, here's a tracking number. It shipped out on the 21st by Mail Interventions, which is just another UPS outlet. So I'm like, all right, so damn it. So I get back online, I get into the chat window again, and I get a different agent this time. And she goes, oh, I gave her the prescription number. No, it showed that 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 got canceled because it was trying to be filled too soon. And I'm like, no, that's not the case. I was just talking to one of your people online, Abigail. She gave me the tracking number. She told me when it shipped out. She told me how it shipped out. Can you please re-verify? And she's like, I'm sorry, sir. I don't see anything here. I'm like, are you that incompetent? I just talked to her five minutes ago on this chat window. Wow. She wouldn't help me. So she gave me, well, you'll have to call one of our escalated advisors. Here's the 800 number. I'm like, you really need to do a better job than you do because Abigail is running circles around you right now is the last thing I said to her. Wow. So I, I call the 800 number. I enter in my information. I don't even enter in what the prescription is. It gives me the prescription number, the tracking number, the date it was shipped, how it was shipped by, and the estimated arrival date is tomorrow morning. <laughs> just unbelievable and then to top it off i go and i pulled in the tracking number and it says it was delivered on saturday what <laughs> it's <just> unbelievable <sighs> i love the power of technology what the <sighs> hey, hey. 